Hey everybody, welcome to the 39th episode of the Startup Blender podcast. My name is Ucha and our guest today is Michelle from the UK. Michelle is a chef remote rebel in her company Remote Rebellion, which aims to enable people to live the life that they choose by getting a remote job that suits the life they design. Originally from Manchester, Michelle moved to Bali several years ago. Starting a new life full of interesting activities made her realize how important it is to have a fulfilling job that doesn't drain you. This is where she decided to solve this problem by becoming an online entrepreneur and launching Remote Rebellion. We had a very interesting conversation in this episode. We talked about her digital nomad life, rising trend of remote work culture and challenges that come with building an online business from scratch. Enjoy! Welcome everybody to the Startup Blender, the podcast about startup life and some other stuff. Hello, Michelle. Thank you very much for joining our podcast. It's great to have you here. To get listeners up to speed, tell us about yourself. My name is Michelle um, and I help people to get fully remote jobs. Um, Not just any remote job, but one that they actually enjoy. It's fulfilling and it pays fairly or pays well, uh, depending on and how, how much they're starting out or how much experience they've got. And that's with Remote Rebellion. I, I started it because I, I realized, um, I can give you the story later, but I, I, I realized that people, and a lot of people probably realized this actually at the, during the pandemic, that they were living for their work and their work was coming first. And then they somehow fit in a life after that. And it was like a secondary thought. And yes, it's a privilege in, in a in a developed country or being from a developed country that you can say this, but we we can have more. And when I, I moved from the UK to Bali and my days was were filled with surfing or walking on the beach or having a coconut sunset, I was super happy. And I was still getting good work done in the hours that I was working. And it really made me realize why why have we been living like this? Why have we been been spending four hours a day commuting and having no life after work because you're too tired and um, why are we not living and then finding a way to fit in work afterwards absolutely yeah i can agree with you 100 percent about that uh but uh yeah let's uh take a step back and uh talk about uh your life first um so uh, you are from the uk originally but you live in bali currently so you're a digital yeah. nomad uh, tell us about that. How did you start your digital nomad life? Oh, there's a, there's a longer version and a shorter version. So I am, um, yeah, I'm from the UK, from, from Manchester. I'm, I moved down to London um, to, to, to get a job in travel. I was working for a travel company and I realized I was getting to sort of mid-20s, late 20s. I was like, okay, I need to get a inverted commas, real job, I need to earn some decent money, I need to get a house, I need to get this. And that was partly fueled by the partner I was with at the time. And I think that was his vision. He was quite materialistic um, and just had a different different sort of set of values. Um, and I kind of got swept along with that and thought that I wanted this big house and thought that I wanted the flashy car and a designer handbag. And so I got a job in recruitment because I was told that agency recruitment paid well um so I did it sold out did it purely for the money and made my 18 year old me ashamed that I'd sold out and got this nine to five office job for the money but I did it and I actually enjoyed recruitment and I was good at it so I stayed and when I 
when the relationship ended and the engagement got broken off, I, it really made me take stock of, and this was back in 2017, made me take stock of, okay, what 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 am I doing with my life? Um, so it really made me reevaluate those things. And I started questioning more about what I did want. So I started traveling more because that's what I enjoyed doing. And I, I did that a lot in my early 20s, but then kind of stopped because I thought that's, that's that's not what grown-ups do. Grown-ups settle down and they get a job and they live in the city. And so I kind of, I bought a motorhome. Um, I traveled around Peru and Bolivia. And I I was lucky enough that, well, not lucky, I was pushy enough that I imposed or implemented a remote work policy at the company I work for. So I enabled the team to be able to work up to four days a week remote. Um, so there was a bit more flexibility, but that still wasn't quite enough for me. And I came to Bali during the pandemic or like just after, sorry, mm. um, like in 2021, because I thought, okay, the company I'm working for where I was doing internal recruitment, they're gonna start calling people back to the office in London soon. So before that happens, I'm going to come out to Bali for a couple of months and live this nomad life before I have to go back to the real world. And I think I was still like in, in I guess, brainwashed into thinking that's just what adults do. <laughs> so um, so I, I came out and had the best time. I, I just had the best life here. Um, just the night before the night before my flight back to London, I got the my PCR results and I had COVID, so I couldn't fly. And I uh, saw that as a sign. <laughs> um, and I was I was gutted at the time. I was disappointed because I had all these plans and I was going to see my family. But I saw it as a sign. So I decided to stay and I quit my job. And the remote rebellion was kind of not an accident, but it evolved over me having some more time, helping people with their CVs, uh, giving people guidance on their LinkedIn profile. And people were getting results. People were getting jobs. And I was like, ah. Oh, okay, maybe I could do this more. And and it just evolved over, over the years um, or over the months. And now like I'm helping people consistently get fully remote jobs. And it's and I've realized that it's not just about getting a fully remote job because all of my clients are really intelligent, um, experienced, skilled people. They can go and get any remote job themselves, but they're being fussy and fussy in a good way in, in that they want to have their cake and eat it. And I think that's the most ridiculous metaphor why wouldn't you want to eat your cake that you've got it's such a stupid saying <laughs> so that you can get a remote job you can it can be well paid and it can be um fulfilling you can have all three you just you just need to be patient and and manage your expectations on how to get that nice yeah that's very interesting um and uh yeah if we talk about Bali as a destination first of all why why did you choose Bali like well, what was your thought process behind uh, choosing that destination a friend of mine called it his happy place when I asked him why he lived there he called it his happy place and it really it stopped and made me think and at the time when he said this this was March 2020 and I was miserable mm -hmm. in some view of London uh, which was a building site and a train tracks and I'm like this is definitely not my happy place um so I started thinking about what that was and one of the times I was happiest is when I was surfing I went on a surf camp in northern Spain and I couldn't travel at the time because it was March 2020. So I, my my sort of starter pack for that is I got in my motorhome and I moved down to the coast. Yes, that probably wasn't the um, it wasn't allowed at the time, but I had to get out of that environment. I was going crazy, and just being by the sea, being by the coast was I was like a weight lifted. I was so much happier. 
Yeah. And then when the winter came, the winter came in the UK, and I'm like, oh, this is not as fun anymore. Like, w- winter on the coast in the UK uh, wasn't quite that great. So I was like, okay, where can I go now? Now, restrictions are lifted a little bit. And yeah. that's what, that's when, when Bali has got, it's got sun, it's got surf, it's got a great community. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what brought me here. And I just love Southeast Asia. Nice. Yeah, that's very, is it very different from the UK? like everyday life and uh, overall environment? It's night and day, like absolute night and day. Um, And I don't think that's, that's not actually, it's not just because I'm now um, an entrepreneur and not working for someone. When I was working for someone when I was here, my life was different. And it was about that shift. It was about the shift of mindset of like, I work and then I somehow find some life afterwards. And all that life really consisted of in London was going to the pub after work or maybe going to a show um, now and again. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally imagine that. Um, And you mentioned one very interesting thing. You you said, uh, so in the UK, you were working for somebody else, but here as a digital nomad, you you were running your own business. um, Mm -hmm. And I guess it's more flexible. yeah like what were the challenges for you to make this shift in life because i can understand that for many people it can be very to maybe they have some passion they want to start something but still they cannot do it because i guess they don't have a courage uh, that it takes so what was the thought process for you behind making this move and what were the biggest challenges for you to actually uh, do it Really good question because I guess that moving to Bali is one thing in itself, but the actual setting up your business is is another thing, and they're two big things um, for completely different reasons and for scary reasons. One book I read that really really helped me was Dan Sullivan's Four C's, um, and he talks about everyone wants confidence to do something right, but to get that confidence, that's the last part of the puzzle. First, you need to commit to something. Then you need to have the courage to do it. Once you've got the courage, then comes capability. And then after that comes confidence. So people think they need this confidence first, but they're never going to get it unless they've been through the three C's. And it was so simple. But th- this kind of like really helped me to open my mind up. And the second one was something that I've I've said to other people in the past. It's kind of one of my mottos. What's the worst that could happen? And I, and I thought about that. Okay, the worst that can happen is I quit my job and I can't get another job okay um am I gonna be homeless am I gonna um go hungry no I'm very fortunate I've got a family and friends I could move in with that would drive me insane of course but I would I would never be either of those two things I don't have this big pot of money to fall back on but I do have a roof over my head if I needed it and I've got food on the table if I needed it so that for me was enough to be like that I'm it's worth the risk yeah nice yeah and uh if we go back to the time when you actually started uh remote rebellion as a business um what were the biggest challenges for you to get started getting started (laughs) was the biggest challenges but like the overwhelm there was like when you're starting there's so much you don't know and so much that you need to learn and do and you just i just didn't know where to start and I, i was so so overwhelmed um I'm just trying to think how I actually overcame them. I'm fortunate and unfortunate in that I'm not a perfectionist. And that can serve me well in a lot of cases because I will just start and get things done. I know a lot of perfectionists that 
never start a business because they want it yeah. to be perfect. <laughs> so I'm I'm lucky enough in that sense, but that also means I can slapdash some things and kind of do a little bit of this and then I'll do a little bit of that. So um, I think that was tough. I, I think hiring a virtual assistant in the first six months was one of the best things I could have done. First one, we started uh, this initiative, Startup Adventures. Um, it was, uh, we had, uh, we had actual, actually a team that uh, we were working together, but it was a team of volunteers. And uh, so we were wow. three people. Um, one of them was my best friend, uh, who was a student here in Tallinn. Um, and mm -hmm. then, so we were like, we actually need more people because there were so much things going on. So we put the application form, but it was for volunteering. But I was, I did not really specify that, you know, like a, it was not paid opportunity because it was like a just a fun side project that we were doing. We get, we got more than hundred applications. Wow. So we had to choose, <laughs> so we had to choose like the most, I guess, qualified ones, also who would be willing to be doing this as a part time. Mm -hmm. um, we chose two. And yeah, since then, five of us just built everything from ground. Uh, and then they just left the initial, like, you know, they didn't continue with it. Uh, but mm. yeah, it was it was really wonderful. And I can totally understand how important it is to have a great team uh, together with you. But nice. Uh, yeah, if we talk about uh, um, your everyday life now. So how, how does your everyday work life look like? As, as a business owner and the person who has a lot of initiatives and want to um, help <laughs> others. I'm really trying at the moment to have a bit more structure in my life, but also have um, more free time and, and, and space for spontaneity. Haven't quite got that figured out yet because I, I, I don't like routine, but I also like to book stuff in. So it's, it's, it kind of like, it, it can be difficult sometimes. So my typical day, like Monday to Thursday, I'll uh, wake up, go to the gym or I'll go for a surf. Um, and then I will have my focus time. So I'm very much a morning person. I spring out of bed five, six a.m. Um, don't generally set an alarm. That's just naturally what time I wake up. And then I will do solid work from kind of nine till about 1 p.m. And that's kind of like pure focus uh, work. And then I will try to just have calls on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, because I was finding it was disconnecting with that focus time. So I'm still tweaking and finding a way that works for me. Um, and then I will typically have some calls because some a lot of my clients are in Europe. So I'll have calls in the afternoon from about 2 p.m. my time. And I'll make sure I have at least three evenings off um, in the week um, for dinners or for sunset walks. Um, I'm looking after a dog at the minute, so I've got to have plenty of time for dog walks. <laughs> and then... On Fridays and Saturdays, I give myself um, open. So it's generally their days off if I want them. But if I've got stuff that I need to do, I'll do them. I just don't have any calls scheduled in. And then Sunday is completely day of rest, whether I'm cycling or if I'm surfing, meeting up with friends. Um, so I try and find that balance. Ah, that's nice. Uh, so with that, you sort of came up with the routine that would be the most sustainable for like work-life balance. Um, yes. And speaking of that, um, you work with a lot of digital nomads, business owners. Uh, what would you say is the importance of having a proper work-life balance when um, you're working on something big? I wouldn't actually say work-life balance in the traditional sense 
is important anymore. Um, so hear me out on that one. It's it's not. It's about your life working. And yes, most of us need to work to make money to to have that life working. But I think I actually think the term work life balance is is becoming dated, um, because it. If you, I don't, I, I don't like this term. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. It's not true. It's yeah. work. <laughs> um, but I do believe that you can get so um in the zone and you can get so engrossed with what you're doing that it it doesn't necessarily feel like you're doing hard work, should I say. Um, so it doesn't feel like a burden. Um, and that's what I found with what I do. It's not like, oh, I've got to do go to work. I've got to do this. I need to find a balance between that is work, that is personal. The the two areas when you're when you're a business owner is that they're they're merged. And I thought that I had to get away from that and I thought I had to completely separate them. But I, I, I don't believe you do. Like I've met people in coffee shops and they said and they said, Oh, what do you do for a living? I told them, they're like, Oh, I I, I need someone like you. I I'm looking for a remote job. So that's when the lines are blurred because you can't help but especially when you're in this environment. I have a, a few certain rules that I, I keep in that I don't have I try to avoid any work conversations going on WhatsApp unless it's an emergency. And I don't have Slack on my phone. Um, so there's a couple of like rules I set in or boundaries, should I say, I set in place so that there's, you know, I don't like being on my phone a lot. So I try and set those boundaries. But as for, yeah, I like to merge the days into like, I'll do a yoga class for an hour and a half. Then I'll go back and do some work or I'll do this. So it, the days are a little bit more fluid. And I like that flexibility. Oh, nice. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's very personal to everybody, you know, like yes. whoever, whoever builds. Um, but yeah, everybody feels different about that. But I absolutely yeah. agree with you on uh, setting boundaries like that. Um, one, one of the best things I did with, and it wasn't my idea, I think it was Claudia's idea, or I'm not sure. Anyway, whoever's idea it was. At the beginning, when we had our like first meeting for the three of us, because I've got another assistant in uh, in Argentina, we talked about communication style. And it's like, okay, Michelle prefers this form of communicate, this platform for emergencies, this platform for day-to-day, -day, and this platform for this. Um, she generally won't respond after these hours, and this is when she's best to get her best self. And then it just shows how different we all are. It's like, I prefer email, yeah. I prefer this. You know how to get the best out of each other. Exactly, and all you need to do as business partners is to match, and that's it. Not even to match, but to, to know how the other person works and exactly. maybe, yeah, to uh, adapt a yeah. little bit. Adapt, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, speaking of remote rebellion, once again, uh, what what would you say are you? Tell us about your future plans. Yeah, so it started with with purely one to one coaching. Um, I worked on the online program element of it for the last seven months. So there's now the the, the actual program itself is an online self paced program in addition to weekly calls with myself. And then there's a Slack community, and that that's a really great community of people helping each other out, sharing jobs, um, sharing each other's CVs, and it's, like it's become it's become a really great place. My the, my vision, I guess, for Remote Rebellion in the five year plan is whenever a company wants to hire remotely, they think of Remote Rebellion, and whenever a person wants to get a a, a fulfilling, well paid remote job, they go to Remote Rebellion. And so for that, we've got a, a job board now. Um, so companies can post their jobs on there. And then we're going to be doing more on the recruitment consultancy and not just going out recruiting a role for companies, but actually fully consulting with them. 
their job at ad yeah. could be better they could find these kind of people a more diverse workforce in these areas and actually doing more to help companies rather than just filling a position for them Wow, interesting. Yeah, I honestly want to wish you best of luck with that because what you're Thank building you. is amazing. Yeah, me as a digital nomad, I'll say, well, here in Estonia, we have a very well-built startup ecosystem. And I would say, yeah, people more or less find jobs that they match their terms, so to say. But I understand how much of a big problem it is. And it's really great that you're solving it. Uh, but yeah. finally, uh, I would like to ask the question that we ask to everybody. So what would be your advice to exactly people who we talked about? Um, what would be your advice to everybody who want to start their own thing? Maybe they have their ideas, but they don't know how to make this first step to uh, start becoming independent business owners. Um, and they really want to do something, but yeah, they, they cannot do it because they don't know how. So what would be your yeah. advice to all of those people? The first the first bit of advice, advice I would give is to ask yourself why. And you know, Simon Sinek is fantastic. And he does a, a really simple TED talk on the why needs to come first rather than, oh, I want to start a business. Okay, why do you want to start a business? Do you want more flexibility? Do you want more time? Do you want this? Get to the why first and then figure out what that looks like and really ask yourself these kind of questions and keep asking why until you get to the answer. Um, the second point I would say is to surround yourself with people that are doing or have done what you want to do and get inspired by these kind of people. So join co-working spaces um, online, in person, however it is. Surround yourself with the kind of people that you want to become. Um, and then the third one I would say is stop procrastinating, stop making excuses. If you decided that your why is properly, stop making excuses and go for it. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I, I'm sure these three steps will help everybody to start their dream lives. Uh, thank sure. you very much for being a guest to our podcast. Uh, I think it was very interesting. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on your favorite social media and check out the next episode. Ta-da!